Entertainment from New Line Cinema, coming soon. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1967. Hey everybody! We're doing it again! Welcome to the show. Ah, here we are. It happened one year, 1967. Indeed. 19 of the 67. <laughs> you could call it that too no, if you wanted that to. that seems that's, like a fraction. That's weird. That's a percentage, <laughs> and that's not it. The intro today was uh, done by Angie Bonacontro, who either will appear or has appeared in the Visitors to Nova Scotia episode. Coming soon, or you're welcome? <laughs> Something uh, like that. Ah, uh, gee, thanks, Angie. <laughs> I appreciate uh, you turning up. Uh, one of the people I managed to force into doing this because we're related. <laughs> <laughs> what was she going to do? Say no? Yeah, right. That's how I feel. <laughs> so we should, I think this is how, we tried to strong arm your parents once into like doing something on yeah. the show and they just said no. They refused. It, I think it was the Bills episode. We All were right. like, do you want to talk about that? You were around for Bills, you're it? And they were like, just both like, no. Yeah. So I guess we, this doesn't work for everybody, but I appreciate that it worked for Angie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here we are. It's, uh, it's the weekend. It is. It's Sunday night. Sunday day. I know this isn't related to the episode, but I just wanted to throw this in here because we did make predictions at the beginning of this football season. And today, Sarah's prediction to win the Super Bowl lost. Oh. So that's the end of the Buffalo Bills great run. (laughs) R.I.P. Uh, did not work out. I'm mad. My team that I picked is still alive, was the Kansas City Chiefs, but the way the Bengals played today. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, we tried to, like, Joe, you know, we'll talk about the teams that he thinks will win, and it could be any number of different teams. He can, you know, this very academic analysis type approach. And after the Bears sort of go out, I've I've set the expectation that we are a Bills household. Like, once the Bears are eliminated from the playoffs, which happens every year, yeah. then we, we turn our, our eyes to the Bills, who then also get eliminated from the playoffs. Right, so now great. it's kind of like we can, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, like, an, a, a hardcore anti-Cowboys person that a lot of people are. Yep. So I don't really care what happens from this point on, so that's kind of fun, but uh, not having a rooting interest is also a little tough. Yeah. So um, we also should, at this point, mention the Bears bet. Uh, <laughs> I might go back and, and try to cut these things in, but we uh, we did make the Bears bet. I honestly, I think they're going to win more than last year. Not many more. Yeah. But I'm going to go with, I'm going to take the over over on six. Okay. So they yeah. won six last year, right? Like that's yeah. what you said. They were six and eleven. They were six and eleven. Yeah. I think I, they're going to win at least seven. Yeah, I don't know. If I had to bet, like, I on the six and a half as as being the over under, I would probably still lean towards six. I still feel like that's Ooh. the right number. But listeners, Joe and I always make a Bears record bet uh, yeah. over under situation, and so I think we're making it here. I think I'm taking the over on six. You're taking the under. On six and a half, yeah. The, yeah, the, uh, yes, you're taking yeah, yeah. the honor on six and a half. Yeah. So that's how that turned out. Look, uh, it hasn't been a great year for me yeah. uh, when it comes to football bets. Yeah. I've gotten it wrong across the board. Yeah. We were uh, saying today that maybe we should have made that bet based on how far away things ended up from what we <laughs> predicted. 
because I predicted six, and if they had won ten, yeah. that's a big difference. But uh, yeah. Sarah predicted seven, and they won three, three. so that's that's a big difference yeah. too. So yeah, uh, yeah, the three and fourteen Bears, uh, number one pick in the draft next year. <laughs> so that's I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, that's great. The, the, my favorite thing about that is the last game of the year that we had. I've been paying attention to my work phone, could have gone to for free, yeah. but failed to. Yeah. Anyway, last game of the year, they're losing to the Vikings. Whatever, yeah, like yeah. nobody cares. But there are all these videos from the concourse of Soldier Field where people are just watching the Houston game, where yeah. Houston won to give us the first pick in the draft. Yeah. And everyone's just losing their minds. Yeah, they're yeah. so excited. Everybody was thrilled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think people, you know, it's hard, I think, to root for a losing team. Yeah. And the Bears in the la- in recent years have been kind of consistently losing. They've made the playoffs here and there, but yeah. you know, they haven't been relevant in a long time. So this could be a franchise changing thing. So this is exciting. This is it. Yeah. Next year, no, t- give me give us 3 years. Yeah. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Arlington Heights. I believe I believe I made some sort of Bears prediction. I don't know if it was last season or this season. I'll have to find that too, but uh, I think I said that they would win the Super Bowl in like Three years from that point, <laughs> that cannot happen. But not, no, a year out from that, Justin Fields is the answer. This yeah. could all, this could this all. all work, this so. is it. Uh, we thought Mitch was the answer. Right. I guess I did used to refer to him as future Super Bowl MVP Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> yeah. following future Super Bowl MVP Jay Cutler. Yeah, and none of that came true. No, but future league MVP Justin Fields is now on the team, so we're good. <laughs> but yeah, I think the new, the new, the entire new Bears franchise is going to begin as soon as the Arlington Heights Stadium. The first thing. Arlington Heights Stadium, next thing, the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what else started in 1967? Bunch of companies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice pivot. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, That's what we thought we would get. We, we've we been yeah. doing a lot of pop culture stuff lately, a lot of TV shows, yeah. a lot of random stuff. So We've never done a business episode. No, and this so. was entirely Sarah's idea. Here we were talking about business. Uh, I didn't have businesses on the list. Yeah. Businesses that started in 67. But yeah, but yeah so we're going to just just quickly rattle through a, a, a little bit. A couple of them, yeah. yeah. We've got some you know little bits to talk about, yeah. but... Uh, you know what company started in 1967? What? A little backpack outfit called Jansport. Ooh, I have a Jansport backpack. <laughs> oh, I think I had one back in the day. Yeah. 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 They uh, they kicked off in 67. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about Jansport. Oh, they make backpacks. Yeah. They don't do anything else, right? They, do they have like a line of energy drinks? They must. Yeah. I mean, how are they still relevant if they're only making backpacks? Yeah, right. Like, how, many, how often is are you buying a backpack? <laughs> Once every 10 years? Every year. You buy a backpack every year? I don't. No, I don't. I don't think yeah. some, some people do. And now you have one of those, what is it, like Icelandic backpacks, don't you? I, okay, I did. Didn't you used to? <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know how to pronounce. No. Falskraven or something uh, the, like that? Like Faljalraven Kraken. Yeah. I'm sure. I think <laughs> that's, that's, exactly I think that's pronounced, absolutely yeah. right. There's uh, an umlaut in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did have one until I put it through the wash. Oh, right. And then it completely Which you, fell you apart. you can't do. Yeah. Uh, I need to buy a new backpack. You know what you should probably consider? Maybe a Jansport. Maybe a Jansport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But they must make other things, I right? Have no idea. Like, you can't sustain a company yeah. f- since 1967 on backpacks alone. Do you think if you go to Jansport.com, they also sell, like, real comfortable sweatpants? <laughs> probably, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. They're yeah. basically like a uh, like yeah. a Sam's Club yeah. or, like, you know, a Costco, and they just also sell sweatshirts. Oh, uh, you know. Costco sweatshirts are the best. I'm going to look into buying some, like, Jansport underoos. That's my plan. <laughs> yeah. And it's just got a picture of Jan on it from uh, oh, Brady Bunch. Can you make the name of your fantasy football team next year Jansport Underoos? <laughs> yeah, Jansport Underoos. I'll change my team that has not won a, <laughs> a a fantasy title in I believe we're going on 14 years. <laughs> my team is not the best. Uh, so they exist. Yep. Since '67. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, you know another great discount outlet that existed since '67? What? A little thing called Big Lots. Big Lots. <laughs> Well, are there Big Lots in the Midwest? Uh, I don't know. That can't just be an East Coast I don't thing, think I've it? ever been inside a Big Lots. There used to be a Big Lots, and maybe there still is, up in Dunmore. And so that was the yeah. Big Lots I had ever been to. 
I don't think I've ever... Well, I couldn't say I've ever seen one. I, like, I think Big Lots just kind of fades yeah. into the background. It's like Gander Mountain. I've never been yeah. there. I know it's a place. Yep. But it's just in strip malls, and I don't go there. Yeah. Look, I don't want to say I didn't prepare for this episode. What is a Big Lots? I know they exist, but I, I don't know what they sell. It's kind of like... Um, it's like a... It's like a Home Depot? No, it's uh, Big Lots is kind of like like, a TV like an Nets? Ollie's. Oh, like an Ollie's. I yeah, was say like Ollie's. they kind of just sell a bunch of. Ran- is Ollie's out here? That's only an no, East no, Coast I don't thing think too. So, right? Yeah, it's kind of like um, like that back section of TJ Maxx. Yeah. or Kohl's. Yeah, that's not clothes. Yeah, I don't think just Big Lots sells clothes. Random items. Yeah, like random home furnishings it's not and stuff. Unlike a Kmart. Yeah, it's kind of like again without yeah. the clothes. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's a lot of clothes at yeah. Big Lots that I can yeah. remember. Probably again, probably sweatshirts. Yeah, you know, Big Lots branded it's, T-shirts. It's like a clubless Costco without the fresh food. Right. Because right, the, they have without like the cans cheap hot dogs. of stuff, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a like a dollar store. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, honestly. So we cannot come remember. up with a comparison for Big Lots. No. I think we just named like ten different stores. It's a random catch-all type place, yeah. and I don't think they have their own products. I think they sell discounted other stuff. Yeah. They've apparently existed since 1967. Damn. So Big Lots. Yeah. Still getting it done. It's like a dollar store, but more expensive. Right. Multi-dollar. But store. not a lot more expensive. Yeah. Hence Big Lots. Mm. Uh, which I believe has an exclamation in the title. Yeah. But these are not the things worth talking about. No. No, no, no that's Look not what at, we're talking about. I don't want to insult Jansport, but yeah. you don't have an interesting story. No. We've looked into this a little bit, and we ignored it. Same thing <laughs> with Big Lots. We were like, this is fine. It wasn't really, really talking We, about. like, sat down to do this episode, and Joe, we were planning out, like, what we are going to do. And he's like, we'll talk about Big Lots and Jansport first. And I was like, I didn't read anything about yeah. either of those. And no. he's like, no, no, you're fine. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really want to get into it. I don't want this to be an hour episode yeah, on yeah. these, because we yeah. really only have the two major companies to talk about, which I think are both sort of interesting. Yeah. So the, the company that really prompted us to want to do this or prompted me to want to do this episode is Southwest Airlines, which started in 1967 and has like this really interesting uh, culture story and is timely because they just really screwed things up over the holidays. They, they did. really, they really, yeah, they had a bad Christmas they, season this they year. They boned it hard, yeah. I would say. But they started in 1967 as like a regional airline. And it's funny because they're, you know, they're like a case study in culture and we'll talk a little bit about that. But they basically admitted to copy and pasting from some airline called like Pacific Northwest Airlines or something like that. I don't even know. It, uh, some other regional airline yeah. that did basically the same, had basically the same strategy that they had. And they were like, we're just also going to do that, but in Texas. Oh. Uh, and then they, when they, when asked about it, they're like, yes, we took their strategy. We thought it was a good one. And it worked for them. Yeah. So it seemed like there were a lot of regional named airlines back then because Northwest yeah. Airlines still existed into when I was flying here. I don't Mm -hmm. think they still exist now, but they were in Detroit, right? I think there's been a lot of consolidation of the airline industry in general, but But, yeah. But I feel like I flew Northwest from like, maybe not Scranton to here, but I don't know. Yeah. It was a layover or something, but I felt like Northwest was like, I went Northwest a lot and now I think it's gone. And then we ran across... In the other episode, we mentioned this that there was a Northeast Airlines at yeah. one time, which I I don't yeah. remember even why we brought that up, but yeah, um, I guess that was back in the thing, you know. There were they a were, lot of regional airlines. Yeah. Um, Frontier is sort of regional-ish, mm. even still. Alaska Airlines does fly yeah. in the Pacific Northwest still, yeah, yeah. so there there are a lot of regional airlines. And Southwest has became the biggest one. They're like the second largest airline in terms of passengers behind Delta. Huh. These days. So they started in 1967. They were only flying, like, short haul within Texas, which got them out of some, like, very early regulation. Because if you didn't fly out of state, then some of the federal regulations didn't apply to you. I know Texas is big, but 
what, like San Antonio to Houston? Like it was yeah, they're just based little, in Dallas, and they yeah. were just doing flights between big cities in, I think they started with one route, I can't remember which one it was, but like they started no. with one route and then started to expand beyond it. It was a while before they actually went into other states, which was New Orleans was the first out-of-state okay. route they did. But their whole thing, as you know, was like, keep it as cheap as possible, keep it as efficient as possible. You know, they did, for a while they were doing those 10-minute turnarounds where you, you know, in and out of the plane in 10 minutes and back in the air. Their whole idea was like, just get, like, we want our people to be in the air. And so keep them on the ground as little as possible. And then the other thing they did in order to do this was this, they avoided the hub and spoke model, which soaks up a lot of like unnecessary flying time and layovers and things like that. So most of the other major airlines have like hubs, at least one or multiple major hubs, like Atlanta is, what's it? Delta. Delta. And Chicago's United and those kinds of things. But Southwest doesn't really have a hub. Like their their headquarters are based in Dallas, but they have this like this non hub system. It's just you know move people around and schedule them well, which kind of makes the flights more efficient. But it's also what causes them to be unable to come back from any sort of major weather event across the country, which is what happened over this Christmas. Was like like because they didn't have the hub and spoke model, you couldn't kind of just like pull everyone back in, yeah, and then reset and go in like a day. You kind of had everybody grounded. You had to figure out where everyone was, and I guess their systems are pretty antiquated, and so they couldn't. Like they were, they're still on a system where, like, if you're a pilot or a flight attendant, if you need to, like, if something gets messed up and you get off schedule, you need to like call. (laughs) And so there was this. There were these stories about like flight attendants and pilots sitting on the phone for eight hours to try and like, you know. But anyway, that's their like their that was their issue this year. But for the most part, that has worked for them and been pretty efficient. You just can't deal with stuff like this. The other thing they tried to do in order to be like a low cost airline is drive efficiency, but also like really drive talent. And so they have this really strong culture. They have this really strong vision of how they, you know, um, put employees first. It's this whole, you know, empower, set a high standard, empower your people, and then like reinforce the fact that fun matters, which a lot of companies try to do, but don't do very well, but they actually like do pretty well. Mm-hmm. So they, like reward behaviors where like, you're on a layover. So the flight attendant runs a contest about who has the ugliest driver's license picture, <laughs> which for the record, I would totally win if I were on that <laughs> flight because I have the worst driver's license picture of all time. But like, which I won't put on the Instagram. <laughs> don't you dare. Okay. It's, it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. And I was, I was confident after I took that picture that it was amazing and I got it back and Joe was like, that doesn't even look like you that picture is so bad like it, it looks like you're laying down <laughs> and i don't understand what happened yeah. i have four chins like <laughs> it's awful anyway um and so the whole idea was like build this really strong culture so that you hire and you know attract and retain all these people i saw some stat that like they had one percent of employees get involuntary uh, involuntarily terminated and their turnover was like two percent a year which huh. is insane it's yeah. insane so anyway strong culture like try and drive that kind of Commitment to the mission, commitment to the values, and then really efficient. And that has differentiated them. And then obviously they expanded and became like one of the biggest airlines in the country. But the other thing is that their their model allows them, because they don't have this hub and spoke somehow, and I don't know if this was because of the non-hub and spoke or just their strategy, but they fly to all these smaller airports, oh. which is why they find up like Albany and they fly into, yeah. uh, you know, Midway and like, oh, uh, they fly into these smaller cities. Yeah. And, and there was this whole thing when they first started that they were at Love Field and not at whatever the main Dallas. Yeah. Del- uh, I don't remember the I name. I don't remember the name of it yeah. either. But whatever the main Dallas 
airport was. And so there were all these, like, legal fights with the city of Dallas to, like, open up Love Field because there were regulations because it was a small airport and you weren't supposed to operate major airlines out of it and this whole oh. thing. But uh, uh, that was back in the 1670s. The one They had, and this all came from their, like, CEO, whose name was Herb Kelleher, um, and he ran the company for, I think, into the 80s, if not later. Mm. They've had, like, three or four CEOs the whole time that they've existed. But he was this, like, ridiculous, larger-than-life guy. There are stories that he would, like, show up to work dressed as Elvis. Sure. He would, like, get on planes and, like, hand out, like, pretzels and cigars. Like, he was just, like, sure. all, you know. He once apparently arm-wrestled, a, like, a competitor or some other businessman to settle a legal dispute. Like, nice. he was just, like, that kind of guy. Just, like, affable and big personality in Texas and sure. all of those things. Which I drove some of the, like, culture. Like, he really reflected what they wanted the culture to be and they sort of retained that. Yeah. I always think it's funny when companies have that, like, you know godlike figure you know founder owner yeah. first ceo uh and herb kelleher is that for southwest airlines yeah. like like a ray crock like a ray crock yeah. yeah yeah we had like busts of ray crock at mcdonald's and yeah. there was a statue of um i think it was jim skinner who was like one like one of the first like leadership team people i mm. don't remember exactly what his job was but there was a statue of him in like a in like a cook's like fry cook's outfit holding like a tray outside of a conference room and he looked like a serial killer it was horrifying <laughs> but there was art of the like founders and croc and stuff all over sure. McDonald's headquarters. yeah 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 i mean mcdonald's i guess is going to be a little different than most places just because of the way that the structure of the company is but because it has such a great story for the way it starts yeah. and all of that uh you know those type of businessmen or whatever then end up becoming these kind of yeah. legends like Jack Welsh or like Leah yeah. Iacocca like totally. kind of gods even yeah. those companies already existed but still like reformed yeah. the whole yeah. the whole thing you know? and and Kelleher's Southwest thing is totally like a case study in business schools and HR which is my feel like yeah. as a culture people you know yeah. you set up a company with a particular set of values and you just really hold to them yeah. and the values like don't just impact like how you like act or lead or whatever but they also impact like how you make decisions about operations and how you make decisions he had like 45 plus years straight of profitability which is insane for an i mean it took a couple years to get there but like it's ridiculous like it was ridiculously successful huh so it's funny that like southwest has been able to hang on to a lot of their weirder yeah things because like southwest even now is still a strange flying experience compared to every normal flight right but like, is there really a logic to... Do people like that? Like, because I don't understand about Southwest is that, like... I Like, flying Southwest is fine, but I don't, yeah. I'm not so in love with the, like, weird lineup by section thing as yeah. opposed to just having seats. Like, I don't totally understand the appeal of that. Yeah. So why that, that continues the way it is when it's so jarringly different? Yeah. I don't totally get it. I think it's a... I think it's driven... I don't know exactly, because I was trying to look that up, but I, I couldn't yeah. see the connection between the seats and, like... But, but like, Is it just to, different for, to be different? I think like, it's a couple things. One, I think it, it minimizes differentiation among customers, which drives cost up, especially, uh-huh. you know, like, if you're flying United... You can get like a pretty expensive ticket, and then you pay thirty more dollars and get the 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 exit row, or you pay right. like thirty five more dollars and you get extra three extra inches of leg room, right? right. But Southwest doesn't have any of that. Like yeah. it is just like, and you go, you pick your seats, and it's all like taking all of that um, kind of extra process out of it. Yeah. I was I saw a story that they like for a while only had like plastic cards as their tickets so you would like get a card and then you would return the card when you landed i don't ever remember doing that but like 
it was the way to take paper costs out of the business. Like oh. it was just like, how do we be as efficient as possible and spend money on like getting people from one place to another place? Yeah. Um, which is how like in their early days they had airline tickets for like fifteen dollars. Yeah. Just like just yeah. they were Spirit like Airlines. yeah like yeah. race to the bottom on cost, right. but like without it feeling like Spirit Airlines where you're sitting in a folding chair. Like right, they're, right. They're, Southwest is not like it's, it's not airline. plush and lovely, but it yeah, feels yeah. like a regular flight. It just you know yeah. Um, but all of those those differences are meant to drive cost down and drive efficiency, which yeah. drives cost down. It's just interesting. It's interesting that they've hung on to that. That yeah. like the, the world hasn't like bent spirit or yeah. uh, southwest back into the way we're doing yeah. it everywhere else but it's funny if you start to read articles about them now like people are starting to say that they're like moving away from their ve- like eventually you must just become a regular airline you have to right, right? Yeah. when you're when you become that large you have flights to all those cities like you yeah. know that when you operate in the same places as a regular airline you start to turn into a regular airline right right that just kind of makes sense yeah yeah and so there are a lot of articles now about like employees saying that they're moving away from their culture and like saying that they, they're doing things that don't represent, you know, what they said they would originally be or what they said they would originally do. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. uh, you would think eventually. Eventually. But hey, what, 50, 56 years yeah. in, you know, still hanging tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Southwest Airlines. They're really interesting. Go, listeners, if you're interested in uh, culture studies, go read about them. Neither of us work for Southwest Airlines. No. So. <laughs> Uh, the other company we I wanted to talk about uh, a little bit because there's not a ton of like major super interesting companies we could really run across. It's a lot of like when you find lists of these sorts of things, it tends to be a lot of you know this place is famous in L.A. or this yeah. place is famous in the Southwest. Like there's really not you know big national things. Um, and one thing that doesn't really have a great modern track record is something that people would immediately recognize are new like movie studios yeah. or new things like that. There's some like DreamWorks was founded yeah. in the 90s, you know, that little kind of, you know, one producer started a thing and then they got yeah. incorporated into something else, Miramax, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and six, this isn't that different. This is kind of similar to that. But yeah. this is still, I think, something that everybody would recognize yeah. is New Line Cinema yeah. started in 1967. Do they have the logo that's like the film strip with the one thing is yeah. like to the side? Yeah, it's yeah. That, that thing. Yeah, that's yeah, their little, yeah, yeah. It's like a little like, almost like a clapboard, but it's got the little thing. Yeah. And for the longest time, like they were just a distribution outfit. They weren't making oh. movies. Like it's, I think it's hard to start doing that. Even in the 60s when it was like this independent spirit and everybody's making their own movies and doing all this stuff. Yeah. And I watched, we watched the... Um, the documentary about Robert Downey Sr. last night. Yeah. And he's just making movies. Oh, and that sounds like, crazy. Oh, he's just filming wherever. And like, and yeah. he would get some money, but like he would tell them like, we're not going to make any money on this. And he'd make some crazy thing in the desert. Yeah. And, what, you know. What was so interesting about that is I was like, how did people know that that was good? Right? Because <laughs> right. I feel like any Yahoo who has a camera yeah. could like make something like film like a leaf and be like, like the start yeah. of American Beauty, right? You're yeah, filming yeah. the feather or the leaf or garbage or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, it's but, all like reviews or like film contests yeah. or you know um, going to the festivals yeah. things like that but that's how everybody about, starts yeah but yeah. he was talking about like I made this little film I didn't think anybody was watch it and then this theater put it on and I made a bunch of money and it became yeah, yeah. famous and you're like yeah. but see that's such a 60s thing yeah. too it's like we, yeah. we, they were able to be these independent little theaters who did this and it's not like an AMC where you're like hey you want to show this film I made in my house like, yeah it's not and really they're like, like no. that yeah. <laughs> on the other hand also not to get too far off topic here yeah. I did watch this there's this horror movie out right now called Skinamarink have you seen this no it's like this guy filmed this thing in his house and it's it's boring but like but <laughs> he made it in his house for no money and yeah. it's like pretty impressive con- yeah. all things considered like considering there's almost no cast they clearly didn't really build sets like there's no, it's just he it's just angles that he does yeah and it's really something it's playing at the music box right now huh. 
But it opened to like $900,000 in this day and age where people aren't going to see anything in theaters, really. Yeah. And I think it cost it must have cost ten grand. Like it's nothing, you know. So this this good for him. It's still out there. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't love it. Like I watched it and I was like, okay. Like you know, it's not the world's greatest movie, but like it's impressive. And yeah. like for them, like you know, somebody just making a movie and getting it into theaters, shit, yeah. good for them. Like, do you think if you cut together ninety minutes of us doing the show, we could put that in an AMC and it would make any money? Uh, yeah, I don't know. No. Damn it. Uh, I mean, it'd be like my dinner with Andre, except yeah. it's just me and you talking about. The Bears? I don't know. I don't think anybody wants to see that. Disagree. I don't think that's going to work. Why don't we... St- we want to start filming it. We'll put it on YouTube. Yeah. That, and then we'll be, uh, hey, have you seen our YouTube numbers? <laughs> Let's see if we can get this yeah. at the Regal and oh. see if anybody goes for that. Maybe we should do a Kickstarter. Listeners. Listen. <laughs> we need you to finance uh, the distribution of It Happened One when Year, the movie. The movie. Yeah. I'm sure everybody wants to see that. Oh, It Happened One Year, the movie, volume one. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously this is a trilogy. At least. So, New York Line Cinema. Yeah, New Line Cinema that. starts yes. in 67. It was founded by Robert Shea. Uh, originally, it's basically just distribution. And they managed to put out some fairly popular new movies. They also managed to acquire some older stuff. It seems like the first big thing they did was they re-ran Reefer Madness, okay. which was a sort of sure. famous movie. It's like a, you know, a tawdry sort of exploitation Is movie. Is it about weed? Yeah, it's about weed. It's about <laughs> the the effect. You never heard of Reefer Madness? I feel, I thought it was an 80s movie. <laughs> oh, no. Reefer Madness is like an old movie like about like the dangers of marijuana. Really? Yeah. And there were a couple of them like that. There were Cocaine Fiends was the same thing. Interesting. Now, cocaine's a little, you know. Sure. But Reefer Madness is like the real famous one from that group. And so... Uh, New Line re-released that, essentially, in, I think, the late 60s, and it did pretty well for them. No joke. I would have... If you had asked me what Reefer Madness was, I would have said it was an, an 80s movie with the guy... Oh, who was the... Was what it guy? Was it Sean Penn that was in Fast Times at Richmond High? Yeah. Yeah, Sean Penn. So you thought Reefer Madness Sean was Penn. essentially... Just hit Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont yes, High. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was high. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's not that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you the sure, ins yeah. and outs of Reefer Madness. It was meant to yeah. be a propaganda movie <laughs> to avoid, like, make kids not want to smoke weed. I would just like to say that I am 0% surprised that you have seen a propaganda anti-weed movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That you've already I, seen that. I'm pretty sure I never upgraded Reefer Madness, but I did have Reefer Madness on VHS for a lot of years. I don't know whatever happened to that. We don't have a lot of VHSs yeah. oh, around so many here, questions. So. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Somehow I just end up with movies. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, the other thing that really... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The Reefer Madness re-release was with the Cocaine Fiends in 73. Oh, okay. So that was a little ways down there. By yep. that point, they were already putting out some uh, John Waters movies. Mm-hmm. They put out Pink Flamingos. Like, they put out, you know... Yep. They didn't create these movies. They they only they just, sort of distributed you them. Like, so... They, so so someone makes them. I don't really understand the movie industry. Someone makes them. Yeah. The the production co- or the uh, distribution company buys them and then puts them in theaters. More or less. That's. Yeah. I mean, okay. kind of. That's the. That, right. you know, they'll usually split costs or, or yeah. profits or things like. That's that. why when you watch an independent movie, there's like five production companies at the front. Right. Yeah. A lot of times, that's more or less what that is. If a yeah. movie gets made and gets sold at a film festival to a studio, the studio will put their logos on it. Yeah. But they didn't. Were really involved in the creation of not all some of these independent type yeah. movies. And so in the early years, that's all that was. They they also put out the Magical Mystery Tour movie. They put out Sympathy for the Devil. Yep. So like they, they were putting out some concert movies, some little movies here and there. They did the U.S. release for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74. Like, they were doing some early stuff. It's only in the late 70s that they start actually making movies. They start Their first movie they produce is in 77, so that's a little ways down the yep. road. 
it's a movie I've never heard of or seen called Stunts. I think it's about stuntmen. That makes sense. But that's like a little a real thing. And then from that point, they kind of are making things and... It feels like they had a little bit of a documentary vibe to start. It was real, real indie, low budget yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, like it was... They, they weren't putting stuff... The movie theater industry was a lot different then too. Like yeah. because there weren't the same kind of big national chains that they are now, you could partner with sort of regional groups. Yep. Um, what was it? What was it at McDonald's where there'd be like a, a group of a co-op of? Yeah, co-op. They it would be kind of the same idea. Yeah. Like in a regional way, they could get in touch with those people. Yep. And get you know movies into theaters and stuff yep. that way. It was only really once you get into the eighties, I think, that you see the big chains, the United Artists and AMC and stuff. Like yeah. So. They did a lot of that, and it's only when you get into the '80s once they make um, once they make Nightmare on Elm Street, then they become like a real name studio. They're making movies at that point, yeah. But Nightmare on Elm Street was their big thing, and for the longest time, New Line's been referred to as the house that Freddie built because oh, of that. Oh, that's funny. Because they made so much money, yeah. And then they, from that point on, they were making a lot of genre stuff. They they weren't really making awards movies. Yep. Uh, they did release. Uh, I think they were uh, responsible for the distribution of. Some foreign movie. Get your handkerchiefs out. Or get sure. out. Get out your handkerchiefs. Sure. Yeah. Which won best foreign film. So that was their first Oscar. Oh wow. Uh, they all and then later they produced Shine, which uh, oh, like which won an Oscar. So like these are their couple Oscar movies from yep. this run. Yep. But, Wait, they started in 1967, and one of their first Oscar movies that in the English language was Shine. That was their first English language Oscar movie. She's in the 90s. They're not making those kind of movies. Yeah, They're yeah, making yeah. money movies. Yeah, yeah. They had the highest grossing independent movie of all time with the first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh. And the second highest grossing independent movie, which was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> the Secret of the Ooze. So, like, they, they were making money. They weren't yeah, They yeah, weren't yeah. bringing in high-level talent to make movies. Yeah, yeah. Even though some of these are pretty good movies. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, that's just not what they were aiming for. I mean, those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies are the bomb. The early ones are pretty no, good. I've never seen any of them. They're, but, First one's Isn't it like good. basically guys in suits? Yeah, guys yeah, in rubber yeah. suits. Yeah. yeah, they're. I liked it when I was ten. I haven't seen sure. the, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies in a long time. But yeah, I mean they 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 produce movies you would recognize, but not you know the original House Party and uh, you know p- pump up the volume. Like they made movies that were popular theater movies. Yeah, and then after a point, they're making a lot of movies. It's just that they didn't they they weren't a movie studio. Sure. They weren't a big production house, so they yeah. weren't doing that. But um, you know, eventually things start to change hands. They sold them. They sold it to Turner, Turner Broadcasting System, yeah. in like 1994. But they still were able to produce stuff under New Line. Even yeah. to this day, I think movies yeah. still come out as New Line. I feel like New Line still exists. But when Turner merged with Warner, now essentially they're just a Warner Brothers company. Yeah. So after a point, it's not as impressive that like, oh, they produced all these big movies. However, yeah. that all being said, New Line does eventually produce the Lord of the Rings movies. What? Titus, Brussels. What's totals, huh? Potatoes. Well you know, done. Yeah, but the funny thing is, as much money as the the original movies make, that make a you know what three billion dollars on yeah. that trilogy, they also produced a movie called Town and Country, which was a Warren oh, Beatty movie. Yeah. That lost a fortune because it costs that movie, which is just like. There's no a big. It's not an effects movie. That's just yeah. regular. It's like a comedy. People talking. Yeah. But they think that movie. They claim that movie legitimately lost a hundred million dollars. Oh my god. That movie and that like the guy had to the head of production had to quit in two thousand one oh. when the first Lord of the Rings movie comes out. Oh like, no. That's how bad this all oh. happens at the same time. <laughs> but just happens to work out that yeah. way. Two thousand eight is when they merge with Warner Brothers. Yeah. The last actual New Line cinema movie to come out was Semi Pro. Corn dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs. 
dollars for all these people. Oh, I love semi-pro. Love semi-pro. Also in uh. 2008. But like since then, like New Line technically is on some of their like the the DC movies that come out, oh. like Shazam and stuff like that. Okay. So like technically it still exists, but it's not yeah. quite the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Robert Shea left the company when they merged with Warner Brothers. So yeah. he's with the company for. 40 years yeah. like he was there a long time you know within warner brothers there's like a team of like 15 people who are like oh we're the new line team and we're like trying to just like fight for movies that yeah. we can call new line movies yeah, yeah 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 i don't know how exactly they break things up like that yeah. but like i feel like after the turner part they were still able to like we're still gonna put stuff out as us and it still felt like new line that's how yeah. like shine counts because that was 96 yeah but uh, yeah, and then even even Lord of the Rings and and the Hobbit movies, but the yeah. Hobbit movies by that point it's Warner Brothers, so it's yeah. a little bit it's not as impressive. And the Hobbit trilogy isn't as impressive as the Lord of the Rings. I would agree. I mean, we've been watching, we've been getting our way through the Amazon show. I like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and we've been getting through the Amazon show, and it's fine. Yeah, but it's not nonstop riveting entertainment. It's no, a, I, I, I could cut a couple minutes. Go, All the episodes are too long. Yeah, that's the thing is the the episodes are like 35 minutes of like, oh my God, come yeah. on. And then the last like 15 to 20 minutes are really exciting. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to watch the next one. If you cut this whole season into one like four hour movie, it'd be pretty good. Yeah. But there's just too much baggage. Yeah. And, you know, but hopefully it moves forward well. I'm just surprised that with this going on and we're in a Lord of the Rings kind of time yeah. where people are talking about it. That I haven't heard anything about this movie, so so that's exciting. Why didn't someone call you? <laughs> I have friends who like like things. Nobody tells me. Somebody I know knows this exists. It was like <laughs> this is a weird segue. It was like when I found out that History of the World Part Two was being made. Yeah. It's because we were watching Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah. And Ike Barinholtz <laughs> just mentions it. And then, like, a month later, they put out a trailer, and people, everybody's like, did everybody know this was happening? I was like, well, if you watch Celebrity Jeopardy, you would have known. But, so somebody should have, t- I should have told people. You should have. I should have told people. I, I yeah. should have, I should have dropped that problem. out there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's New Line Cinema, which, you know, I think is a pretty exciting yeah. little outfit for what they are. Yeah. Um, Companies that have been around for quite some time now. 1967. Yeah. So, as we continue on, 1967. So that's, uh, that was it. That's, that's it. Company-wise. Four companies and we're out. I don't know. We haven't, again, we haven't done a company or business-themed episode. I think yeah. it was fine. I don't think we did one in 94 either, but no, I don't think, you know, it's funny when you, like, because you think of a lot of companies as things that exist a long time, yeah. or they just started and they're still working their way up. I'm sure there's companies that were founded in the 90s that people would recognize. Yes. But I think all we did was, like, what was it? Like, Yahoo or something was in 94, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And it's like internet companies. There's not yeah. really a lot I can think of otherwise, but... So I'm glad we finally got around to a little business. <laughs> it's business time. It's uh, business time. Uh, how do you oh, want to go out? We should called it Business Corner. Oh, here on Business uh, Corner. Well, let's save it for season three. Son of a We're coming back to Business Corner. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you have a way you want to go out? Is there the Southwest? Southwest doesn't have a song. I, you always want to make me sing. No, songs songs are the, everybody's favorite way to go don't out. Have is it a just song. what is it? Feel free to move around the country. Is that yeah, Southwest? I think now, yeah. Did they used to have a different? Uh, different want to get away? That oh, was Southwest. Want to get away fairs? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's something. Good. One, two, Freddy's coming for you from do, Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you want to hum the the music to Lord of the Rings? No, I don't. I don't. Do they have like Frodo's theme or something? I'm sure they have a recognizable theme, but yeah. top of my head, I can't think yeah. what it is. Do you want to make up a song to Reefer Madness? <laughs> no. What, what would the theme song to Reefer Madness sound like? Oh my like? god, why do you make me do this? But I need it in a style of like a '30s jazz. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, endless Reefer Madness. So we're gonna talk about smoking weed. It's not so good for you. Uh, Reefer Madness. You'll be mad too. Awesome. It's not bad. Perfect. Actually. Yeah. 
Uh, they've closed the pot bellies next door, and I believe <laughs> they're putting in a marijuana dispensary. It's next door to our building. Uh, so I think we're going to go and try to sell them on the Reefer Madness song and <laughs> see if they'll go for it. Joe and I are not, uh, we are not uh, pot enthusiasts. No, you know, not now, a, no. but <laughs> soon maybe. It's but next door. The name of our apartment might need to be Reefer Madness from now on. I think so. We currently live in the Columbian yes. here in downtown Chicago, and I think soon it will be Reefer <laughs> Madness. We need to hang a banner off the balcony. Reefer Madness is here. Yeah. 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 It's exciting. It's right. literally just our apartment, an alley. Yeah. And then... The Pop Bellies. The Pop Bellies. Yeah. It's so, right there. It's in the same building with yeah. the Trader we Joe's. We look over the Pop Bellies, so we're going to look over the dispensary. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what that's like. Yeah. They keep uh, circulating petitions in the lobby for people to sign <laughs> to like protest against yeah. this, and I'm like, I'm kind of all right with it. Oh, my God. You know, get over yourselves, Columbia. Well, uh, I think that about sums it up. I'm, I appreciate the song. Um, You're welcome. We got to go and watch the other football game and see what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're here and we're we're cramming this episode in between this and the Niners Cowboys. Thank you. So who you got winning now? Oh going my, rest oh, of the way. Oh my god, the Niners are going to win tonight. Yeah. After that game, honestly, I think Cincinnati's going to win. Cincinnati looked they great looked today. They looked amazing. Yeah. And Kansas City has a Cincinnati problem. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's going to be Cincy all yeah. the way. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I still feel like I, I I went with the Chiefs at the beginning of the season. I want to stick with that for the sake of that. You didn't pick the Niners? At the beginning of the season, I picked the Chiefs. At the beginning of the playoffs, I was like, the Niners really oh. look like a team. And I really, I mean, really, the Niners, yeah. I think, are really something. But I don't know. I don't at this point. I don't want to split it like yeah. that. So I'm just going to stick with the Chiefs from the original. Predictions. Honestly, I think the AFC is over. That's it. Yep. You think the Eagles or the <laughs> or the, the Niners or the Cowboys? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. I hope the Cowboys lose. I hate the Cowboys. I know. I know. You were a longtime <laughs> Buffalo fan. You yeah. should you should hit the Cowboys. I do. All right. Well, thanks for showing up, everybody. <laughs> thanks for showing up, you. Thanks for showing up, you. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Bye. This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us on all social media and also on Bumble. (laughs) Are we on Bumble? Oh, uh, no. shouting about something. I, I can't make it out. What is that thing? It's probably nothing. Oh, from here, it looks like a, a large gray animal is swimming in the harbor. That's not getting closer to land. Is that a whale? That's not an animal. Where's the ammunition? Is that my baby's daddy? The visitors to Nova Scotia. Coming soon.